I'm Jess McCauley, and I'm a theater maker, and I am also an introvert. I'm Phil Rickaby, and I'm a writer and performer, and I'm also an introvert. And this is The Introvert's Guide to... On The Introvert's Guide 2, we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We'll choose a topic and discuss it, as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and on the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at introvertsguidetostuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide 2. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people to find the show, but even better... Whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, if you know someone that you think might like The Introvert's Guide too, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. All right, introverts, if you remember our episode from Introvert Guilt, I referenced an article uh, from createyourownreality.co, uh, and I had mentioned that this is one of those articles that actually got introversion right because it was written by an introvert, and the specific introvert is articulate, and it was just really well written, very compassionate and understanding. And Phil and I discussed actually reaching out to this creator, and we have the privilege of having Megan Rogers here. Hello, Megan. Hey, guys. <laughs> Uh, just to give a little introduction to Megan, Megan Rogers is a writer and an introvert living in the Philadelphia area. She's the author of the young adult spy series, The Raven Files, and the blogger behind createyourownreality.co, where she blogs about a handful of topics, including the introvert life. And when she's not writing, she's most likely to be found on her couch, having opted out of a social invite. <laughs> I feel that so hard. Yeah, I feel like we've tapped on that. So thanks for joining us, Megan. Thank you guys so much for having me. I was really excited when you reached out. Oh, absolutely. So just to just to to jump in, Megan, as a creator, first off, has has writing always been a thing for you? Yes. It has. I mean, I feel like I've always been a storyteller. Like even as a kid, I was always like the Barbies always had a script when I was playing <laughs> with them type of thing. <laughs> um, but then when I was in third grade was the first time we were introduced to like formal writing and I just took off with it. Like I wrote like a 12 page story, which in third grade was a lot. Like I think we only had to write like a page or two. I have to ask, just because yeah. I was one of those kids that really did get in depth with my Barbies and storytelling, did you find when you had other kids come and play with you, they just didn't get it? They just yeah. they they didn't understand this world. The 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 creativity behind it just wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta be honest too, because I was also really used to having good adult playmates, like my parents, my grandparents. So they would, I could tell them, okay, here's what your person's going to say. And they would go along with it. (laughs) 
So when I had to play Uh with others, sometimes it didn't go so well. (laughs) I appreciate that so much. (laughs) I love that. Now, one of the interesting things about being an introvert and being a writer is writing is almost the perfect artistic expression for a writer to do because it is it's it's mo- the act of writing is a very uh, uh solitary one yeah that said once you're done with the writing and say you're going to be published or you're going to you're going to uh, have to have a book out there there's stuff that's not quite as solitary that has to be done yeah <laughs> yeah there is um what kind of what kind of stuff first off what kind of stuff did you have to do uh, to to get that book, your your at least your first book promoted, and also like how did you navigate that as an introvert? So I mean, the nice part about the book industry is there's a lot of introverts, so there's a little bit of like a built-in support system that we could talk to each other and say like, hey, like what worked for you, like what did you hate, what would you never do again, that sort of thing. But yeah, there's inherently aspects to it that are just like you just have to do it because it's part of promotion and. And I bet the time management for just responding to emails and getting back to those other writers for that support. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, sure that's something and like, that especially does weigh on you. If you when yeah, I'm, like, really when I'm writing to anybody, especially if it's like an editor or someone like that, I am like distracted by an email that might come in. Like if I send an email and I'm waiting for a response, it's a distraction because I'm like constantly refreshing my email. Oh my God. So it just kind of, yeah. <laughs> so it just kind of came like, I kind of learned, I'm still learning, I'm not great at it, like, but like to have kind of like oh, okay, I can check again at one and then like go back to writing and then I can check again at three, like that type of thing, like give myself time to check it. Otherwise I would just keep refreshing. Do you find when you're trying to get, uh, trying to write that email that you're going to send, to send it, do you find there's any anxiety about that? Sometimes uh, I know I work up those kinds of things in a bit, even though it's not person to person social, it's still like an interaction that sometimes gives me pause. Yeah. And it's like, I definitely prefer email to phone. I think that's a lot of introverts. But yeah, because it's like, when I'm sending an email, I don't really fully know who I'm talking to. I don't know how they're going to receive it. So like, I, I kind of I obsess over it a little bit to make sure it's like really clear. And everything I want to say is being expressed. And I definitely proof it more than it needs to be proofed. Mm. Um, yeah. Have you ever had somebody you've sent an email and they're just like, hey, could you just give me a call? No, luckily, (laughs) (laughs) like for that kind of stuff, no, no, luckily, I think because I'm so obsessive, the emails do tend to be pretty clear and I don't end up having to get on the phone. So there's that. That that's definitely a benefit. I'm one of those people that tend does tend to be vague when I write. (laughs) That's my that's my fault. (laughs) It's me into trouble. And then I get the phone call. Hey, can you just call me like I've had I've had people who clearly don't did they don't they're not an email reader and they're just like it'll be faster if you just call me and I'm like no it won't right I'm like hyperventilating no it won't I got to work up to this because really too like my editor used to say like she would give me her notes and then say like you, we can call, if you want we can talk about this and I would always say like let me write to you first because it's better for me to be able to mm. go through your notes and answer you point by point what I'm thinking yeah because what would happen if I got on the phone with her is we'd start talking. And I'd have like things I wanted to address, but then she would say something that would pull me on another path. And then we'd get off Mm -hmm. the phone and there would still be like three things that I needed to talk about that didn't get to. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 
So like if we do, so my approach has always been, okay, you give me your notes in writing. I'll respond to them in writing. So now we both see where we're coming from on everything. And then from there, mm-hmm. if we need to talk about it, we can talk about it, but we never need it to. You know, there's enough technology these days that you can swap notes without yeah. the need for a phone call. And I can't tell you how much Google Docs is just my best friend. <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> One thing Phil and I ask, um, we've asked other introverts is, is there a specific pinpoint in time where you started to question if you were introvert, extrovert? Um, have you ever had a moment where, you know, you just always knew even? Yeah, I think I always knew, but I definitely didn't have the language for it. Like I knew like homebody was what I guess the label I was kind of given when I was younger, because yeah, I didn't like to go to the parties on Friday night or like the movies was, was a big enough deal. And even that wasn't that often. I was more the type, like in high school, my (laughs) friends would usually come over from time to time, not even all the time. We saw each other enough at school. Um, (laughs) That that sentence is like the most introvert sentence that somebody could speak because an extrovert would be like, no, of course, you know, we barely saw each other at school. And you're like, no, no, no. We saw each other at school. I'm good. Good. <laughs> like we kind of need that on our t-shirts now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, and then like even like through college, I was kind of the same way. And then just after college, I think it was when um Susan Kane's book, Quiet, came out. Mm-hmm. And I'd come across a, a review of it and everything that was being described, and like, oh, like this sounds like me. Like I might be an introvert. And in the past, like of course you hear the term, but it's always like in a bad way. Like you, you're too introverted. Be different type of thing. So yeah, then I read the book. I'm like, oh, like this is me. Do you have a relationship with the word shy? Yeah, that, that's one I hate. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I'm shy. I'll tell you yeah, what yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't always want to talk to you. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that we've been talking about a lot on this show for the two years that we've been doing it is how how easy it is for people to mistake those two things, to mistake shy and introverted as the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. So when it comes to creativity for you, you, you'd mentioned that you, this is just always something that you've been able to do. You've always been able to sit down for long periods of time and, and just write. Is there anything else that you particularly enjoy creatively besides writing that you can just sit down you, and feel that this is, this is recharge time? This is very introvert specific to you. Yeah. I mean, anytime, um, either like watching something or reading, which is like, of course it's a different form of creativity. Like it's, it's more consumption of creativity, but like my brain does things with it. So I start like imagining different scenarios and like how to apply things in different places. So like I'm, I'm alone, but, or I'm recharging, but I'm still engaging in something like creatively. But then also lately I started doing paint by numbers because I just found it Like, I don't know, I just had this weird desire to paint and I have no artistic ability in that arena. So paint by numbers seemed like the best and safest option. And that's actually proven to be a lot of fun and it is really relaxing. And, and yet I, and then I end up with art that it looks like I kind of know what I'm doing. No, it's so true. I like started, uh, I I started coloring myself and I I just started upgrading the paper. I started upgrading the pencil crit and I found that this was just so 
therapeutic to be able to have this form of outlet. Now I, I do draw. That's something I do in my, uh, my spare time. I draw paint, but going for those little avenues of just working with somebody else's creativity. It's, it feels like a really fun joint effort. <laughs> it feels like in yeah. a way there's a little bit of socializing there too, which is. Yeah. That's a great way. That's a great way to put thank it. You. <laughs> Not just a pretty face over here, Megan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you never thought you were. I've heard other episodes. <laughs> Thanks. Uh- Curiously, and, and and Megan, I'll direct this to you. But you know, uh, uh, Jess, if you feel like like jumping in on this, do you feel like there's that as an introvert, you have an advantage as far as creativity goes? Is there something about being an introvert that makes that that makes creativity easier for you? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think like because of course, part of being an introvert is having such a rich inner world. So I think having all of that internal contemplation that in a way I think I don't, I'm sure like extroverts do, but not to the extent introverts do. So like when you sit down then to actually create, I feel like I'm really pulling from a really deep well that I think is pretty unique to introverts. Yeah. No, speaking on the the contemplation, it's, I feel introverts just to expand on that. We tend to ask ourselves really invigorating questions that yeah. leads to a lot more exploration. There's a lot more dynamic ideas that pull together that make the world that we're working on so in depth and it's more colorful and we, we're not afraid to take our time on it. We're, we're not afraid to hold it back and not show anybody or pick those points where we can show somebody. So totally, that really resonated. Yeah. One of the things that I've, I've found interesting and I think that, you know, this is, this is pretty uniquely a, a, an introvert thing is, you know, if I go out on my balcony or if I'm out walking around, maybe I see people across the street or I see people, you know, out and about and I, they're doing something that's interesting. I find myself able to sit there and imagine what's their conversation? You know, what are they, like what, I can't yeah. really see what they're doing, but what, might that be? And I can imagine that. And, and often that can sometimes form like the backbone of something that I'm creating is just by seeing something out there. Yeah, absolutely. Was people watching a hobby for you? (laughs) Um, People watching has always been a hobby for me. One of my favorite things when I could go to coffee shops would be to sit in a coffee shop with my notebook or a computer. And that way, when I needed a pause, rather than looking at my phone, which, you know, you should never do when you're trying to be creative. I can look out the window and I can see things that people will will spark ideas. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually find that people watching is a really nice starter for the creativity. I don't know what it is, but there's just something about trying to fill in the blanks of somebody's life that's kind of like a game of Mad Libs for the creative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so talk about the Raven Files. Where where did you get this? I was reading the synopses for these stories, and I'm like, these are cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. So, um, so just for anyone who doesn't know, the series is about um, my main character Jocelyn was kidnapped as a kid by a North Korean spy agency and raised to be one of their spies. And now it's ten years later. She's 18, and she's looking to make an escape, and she's going back to the agency where her parents worked to get out. Um, and it came from actually, I, I saw the Avengers back in like, what was it like 2012 or something like mm. that. 
And I really had never been that into comic books. Um, I just I just went to the movies. And I was really interested in the character of Black Widow, who I knew nothing about going in. But I thought it was so interesting to see that she was on the good side, but she clearly used to be on the bad side. And the movies didn't get into that at all. But I was really interested in what that transition must have been like. So I created a world to kind of explore that further. And was there something in the writing process that told you that, you know, I think the the demographic here could be young adult, or was it something that you did wrestle with for a while? Was it maybe a publisher's uh, advice or? Honestly, at that point, I just really skewed towards young adult. Mm-hmm. Like that was what I was reading the most of. That's just where I was connecting with. So it was not for me, it was never even a question. It was going to be a young adult book because that's just where I was gravitating towards. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I get that. <laughs> uh, Megan, uh, you created a blog that the, called createyourownreality.com. And what was the inspiration for moving from, were you were you blogging while you were writing the books or did blogging come later? Or tell me that story. Blogging came later. Um, I So I sold the first two books and the the promotion didn't really go well. So people who read them seem to really enjoy them, but not enough people read them. So there's two books in the series, but it's kind of an open-ended ending because um, there was going to be the option for more. So when I didn't get that option, I had at that point, I had really wanted to be an author more than anything else because I really wanted to work for myself. And that was kind of the avenue I saw to do it. Um, so when I could, was starting to see that wasn't going to give me like the stability I also wanted, that's where I started to look at what are other ways I could do this. And I knew I, I was pretty sure at that point I wanted it to be through writing, but I didn't really want to be a freelancer. I didn't want to be writing other people's content. So I just started looking at ways I could write my own stuff. And I just came across blogging. And I really set out to write the blog even a little bit more generally than the topics I'm covering now. Like I wanted it to be about like building a life, like create your own reality, build, build a life that you love living in was kind of supposed to be the pitch of the blog. And then to me, like introvert life is a subcategory of that because that's like a major part of my life. Um, and, and what something I consider when I was building my life, but that became one of the topics that just took off. And in the end, it's really, it's like three topics that are kind of unrelated, but that's, what's doing well on the blog. So that's what I'm writing about. But yeah, so that's really that was really the the purpose behind it was just to be able to work for myself. And again, that is like a very introverted thing as I needed I knew I was not someone who could do the 9 to 5 and have the energy to like live the life I wanted to live too. I find that that so many of us grew up in a position or in a situation where there were people around us encouraging us, you know, not to be introverts. To I know mostly for me it was at school where they would complain that I was too quiet or try to, you know, Get me out of my shell and all those things that, you know, we hate to have happen. Yeah. Um, did you, I mean, you were sort of alluded to the fact of, of not hearing the word introvert, except in a bad way, as though it's a bad thing. Did you ever, cons- were you ever concerned about sort of outing yourself as an introvert on your blog? Or was that just like, that's, I'm just going to be my authentic self. Yeah, that was never a concern because for me, as much as like that was my only association with the word early on, it wasn't common. 
Like I was pretty lucky. I grew up in a pretty introverted family. And again, we didn't have the term for that. But like, it was always like we would have the nice family dinner every night. How was your day? That type of thing. But then after dinner, we all had our own spaces in the house that we would kind of retreat to and then just do our own thing. So lucky. I think like, yeah, no, it was great. I, I appreciated it then, but I didn't realize how much until like I've gotten older and heard other people's stories and like can really like look back and, and see how awesome that was. Um, so when I like it was mostly at school that I would hear it like, oh, like that person's like too much of an introvert or something like that kind of thing. And it was always like a throwaway. So I didn't have like a strong connection with it. So when I under, like when I learned the term and really understood what it meant, it was more of like an, a sense of freedom. Mm. I'm like, oh, like now I have a terminology to explain how I've always operated. Yeah, I think I mean, Jess and I, the whole purpose of starting this podcast was revolved around the fact that that we were still coming to terms with being OK with being introverts. Being people who are performers, we often encounter situations that are really uncomfortable, like you have to go schmoozing or you have to, you know, you have to talk to people at an opening. And there's all these things around being an actor, so much so that that people often don't believe that an introvert can be an actor. And so trying to figure out how to be in the world, which seems like it's built for extroverts as introverts, was one of the the reasons for creating this, this podcast, um, I spent, I remember in my twenties saying, Oh, I'm such an extrovert. I need people around. And it was just so wrong, but I was only saying it because that's what I thought I was supposed to be as a performer. Yeah. It's tough. And I know like even, um, for like some of the book promotion stuff I've had to do is, has been like, Go like there was like one like bookstore kind of has like a mixer every year and it's like all these authors, which is interesting because most authors like that is the nice part of being an author is most authors are more introverted. But at the same time, like, that's a situation where it would have been nice to have someone more extroverted to kind of control the conversation because most of us were not into it. I totally, yeah, absolutely. Phil, Phil and I used to do this. We used to do the the fringes, and we have said frequently we need an extrovert to like hide behind yeah. so they can do all of our flyering. Right. <laughs> Just, I had one at my last fringe. the The person who was my stage manager ended up being like he loved it. He would go and he would do all the flyering, and I was like, "This is what I need." Because there's nothing worse than having to walk up to strangers and talk about yourself. Wow. Someone enjoys that. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. They were obviously more extroverted than yeah, I. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> uh, Megan, that, that mixer, what was that? I mean, I, I've sort of pictured like a room full of introverts with a, uh, I don't even know if like the general public was invited, if it was like supposed to be like the public mixing with with authors and how I'm picturing a bunch of awkward people in the corner, not wanting to talk to anybody. Is is, is that the right picture like I, or am I, am I exaggerating? Yeah, I, I got to wonder because I've never been to an introvert event now that I think about it, like ever. You know, that's, that's a pretty accurate description. I mean, I will say it was technically it was supposed to be like two to three hours, but the first hour was just like authors and the booksellers. And then the second and like into the third hour is when it was open up to the public. I typically went just for the late, the public part, because that was enough for me. Um, I'd like to make a, but, I'd like to make a note too. It was only two to three hours. <laughs> 
it's enough time for to let people filter in and out, but it's not it's not too long. No, it wasn't too bad, and that's like why like it was like I really liked the store, and it was overall like I did I did do it twice, and by the second year I knew more authors, so it's like oh friend to like cling to for the entire evening. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like authors like so as authors we would kind of talk to each other, but not too much because you want to be available to for people to come over. So it was kind of just a weird dynamic to walk all night. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't all day. So yeah, it could, could have been worse. <laughs> oh my gosh. Even an introverted mixer I get nervous with. <laughs> I, know. I, know. I just like, think that anything like that needs, I don't know, like an emotional support extrovert to like be somebody yeah. who's just there to make conversation. Like was yeah. the music at like a nice low volume? Was it, was there music? I don't, I'm trying to remember. I I feel like, I feel like there wasn't, but I feel like it would have been too quiet if there wasn't. I don't remember. Phil? I think it would, like, I'm just imagining that like they, they, one year they tried it without music and none of the authors wanted to talk. So <laughs> it was just so quiet. They were like, we need to put some music. Next well, time. I'm also thinking of like the king of Irish goodbyes. Like how hard would it be for you to slip away? <laughs> Oh, I couldn't. And something like that, you've made the obligation that you have to stay for the thing. Yeah. I mean, like, my thing was, like, I think we were, like, the invite did have hours on it. So at the end of, like, it was probably about an hour, hour and a half. So when I hit the hour mark, that's when I kind of started to to feel out, like, how busy is it? Like, have yeah. I talked to enough people? Am I still, do I still have enough energy to, to stick this out more and then go mm. from there? <laughs> Yeah, I would probably have stayed right until the end, but I would have been essentially like a husk of a person by the end, just with nothing left. But I would have stuck it out to the end probably, Wish because at a party, I'll just go. Mm -hmm. Like, I will make sure that people have seen me at the beginning of the party, and then at some point, pff, I'm gone. I kid you not. I told him, I'll get him a smoke bomb. I'll do it. No, I'll even, do it. I don't even need it. I don't even need it. I've just like... I've said hello to the host. I say hello to a few people. Once I'm done, I'm done. I go. No big, no big fuss. With something like that, though, I would feel like the, obligated to stay till the end. Well, I mean, I guess the thing is, like, yes, it was technically a like work function, but I wasn't really being paid to be there. Like, it was just the benefit of like if people met me, they would want to buy the book and sell, and I would sell books, and that's nice. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like it just got to the point that like I like, can I do I have the energy to continue to stick this out and be a pleasant person? Mm -hmm. And yeah. if it started to feel like the answer might be no, and it's like then it's time to leave while it's still graceful. <laughs> no, you absolutely don't want to be the person who like when the person finally meets the author, the author is so drained that they're just like miserable to be around. That's not right. What, that does not and, engender reading. No, and I've always stayed far away from that. Like typically at that stuff, like I'm so amped up to like stay in the zone that I can I can do it and still be pleasant. But yeah, like something like that is more draining than usual that like I kind of have to check in with myself more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as thriving in creativity goes as as an introvert, what have been things that have that you feel have have made you thrive? Do you have an environment that you prefer to write in? What's what 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 helps you to thrive in your creativity? Um, I think for me, it's a lot of just figuring out how I work best. Like I I can write pretty much anywhere, and part of that is because I when I was in high school, I decided I wanted to write my first book, and I didn't have time to do it outside of school, so I 
found a way to have an independent study with one of my favorite teachers. And I would sit in the back of her room while she taught and ran like a normal class and write my book. So working in that environment from a, like, which is pretty chaotic. So learning to write in that environment has, and then still then like, but when I wanted to finish the book and do stuff on weekends, I'd write in my room in the quiet at home. So have like, to have both of those dynamics and to learn to write in them um, has made it so I can write anywhere, which is awesome. But ideally, like when I come, when it comes to brainstorming, I've learned that I need to get my ideas out. Like I need to write them down because there's just so much going on inside my head. And I think that might be from the more introverted part of me that I've got to write it out. So like I've got, which I don't even know, I think you guys can, can see it is next to me. This is a wall of whiteboard paint that like this is my brainstorm. I thought I had to wonder about that a few times. That is my dream <laughs> to was, have a giant I, whiteboard. I was going to ask yeah. about that. I was going to ask about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. So this is how I brainstorm. Like this is my office in my house and that's how I brainstorm because I've just learned I have to get it out. And this is like it's organized. Like things are color coded where before I wrote this down it was kind of a mess in my head and I would just sit down and be like, "Okay, I need to think about the plot." It's just so beautiful looking. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> My mind is just like, I'm in love. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, that's like a big, like, that's my first phase is just kind of getting it into this state. And I have so many outlines and color codes and systems because I need that to organize myself because otherwise it's just a mess in my head. From there, then I'll start drafting. And once I get to that point, that's where I'm in the I can write anywhere phase. One of the things that I've found when, when I'm writing is... Um, I've been borrowing the the idea from 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 Neil Gaiman about just writing out everything that you know, just like a just like a blast out into a notebook of like everything that you know until you're done. You can't write anything more about what you know about the world, the story, the characters, everything, and then it's out of your head and in a place. And I feel like once I've got that in, got that there, now I'm a little bit more calm about the story, and I can actually write it when as before it's just like this whirlwind of stuff that just comes up in my brain yeah yeah I totally know what you're talking about because yeah that's how I feel when I do this whiteboard stuff I'm I'm very messy with mine <laughs> like it's not messy I'm I'm of the same thing it's it's like I try to keep everything nice and color-coded but honestly it can look like this really disorganized word map with like mediums mixed all in together I'm like why are there acrylics and ink and and also a typed collage what is that so I'm that's just but there's something as a as a creative and being an introvert where you can just sit with these ideas and you can put them out there. It doesn't matter how. It's your job as the creative to filter it, to allow it to be consumable to others. But I mean, there's something so rewarding about that process as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And also, first, for what it's worth, I've been told – this is, it starts off organized. I should – in the interest of full disclosure, I've been told my notes look like a ser- serial killer. So <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> <laughs> Who said this? No. <laughs> Coworkers, and she wasn't wrong when, like, in retrospect, because, like, once I like idea, an idea gets on a page in a notebook, then I just start adding post-it notes and like writing in the sides of the margins, mm. and it gets it gets a little nutty. Sure, and also, you know, there are th- times when it's like nobody should ever see a writer's uh, 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 search history. 
Yeah. Because, you know, you'll find like, you know, like, what's the best way to garage somebody? And you're like, no, it's not serious. It's research for the book. Like all of these weird things that you search out and you're just like, this is not, this is like, please don't judge me based on that. Oh, I'm fully convinced as most writers I know are that there is an FBI file on me somewhere. Or, sure or something is. of that nature. Because, like, especially like writing the spy books, like, I looked up ways to kill a lot of people. Like, <laughs> it's gotta happen, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Research. You 100%, you 100% have an FBI person who's I, like, oh, I'm Megan pretty Rogers, sure, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of the hazard of writing, I think. Yeah, it is. I have to ask so. One of the again, we've discussed it. One of the benefits of being the introvert and the creative is we can spend a lot of time on our creative passions and and what we dedicate to ourselves for careers. Do you find that you have to pull yourself away and you have to go interact with the outside world, whether that be nurturing relationships? Um, you'd mentioned like your your day day job. Is this something where you really have to pull yourself out of it? Yeah, like I've actually started to, I don't, at this point it's practice, but there was a period where I had to set a schedule and it was like I could only write during this time. Like this is the time I have to be productive because if I didn't, then I would end up like writing too much and, and then burning out and then not being mm. really available for anyone else. Yeah, we. I think we've touched on that a few times in our episodes where one thing that we as introverts do is we forget that other people do exist in our lives and and they have needs and and it's easy for us to forget that right do you find that you have to remind other people in your life that this is this is your life that this is something that you are dedicating yourself to do you have to have those conversations not so much i mean i'm pretty lucky in the sense that one like i've just always had really respectful family in my life so like that kind that was kind of set from a young age that like, if I'm say I'm doing something, oh, like that's what Megan's doing right now. It's fine. And then from a friend perspective, I've just really cultivated a pretty a small, but fantastic group of friends that like, there was a time where I had to be like, I can't like do that thing because I'm working instead. But now they just kind of know and it was never really a fight to have to, to get to that place. Do you ever feel like you've had to put extra effort into keeping your friendships cultivated, like more effort to be like, I need to say hello to my friends. Yes. And no, mostly my extroverted friends. I don't have many, but I have two. <laughs> and well, one's more of an ambivert, but she like leans towards the extrovert side. But um, like my, my extroverted friends, I am like, I, cause especially cause my, my most extroverted friend is very on top of like, oh, I haven't said hi to you in a while. So like, I'll get an email and that kind of stuff. So I'm like, oh, like, I need to like reciprocate and be the first person to realize we haven't talked in a while, because like, that's, that's a nice thing to do. Um, but for my introvert friends, it's pretty great, which actually, this is very much related to the topic overall. One great aspect of creativity is it's helped me connect deeper with some of my friends that are creative. And like, and what I found is that because they're creative, like, I have, I formed a writer's group with some of my friends from high school and it's just like, it's three of us. So two others and we meet once a month and it's actually our 10 year anniversary is this weekend and we have not missed a month. We're very proud. But the cool thing is it started out as a writer's group, but then it kind of evolved and just being more creative because one of my friends is more of an artist than a writer. So it's just, yeah, bring whatever you have and we'll, we'll critique it and talk about it. But it's also then as I was doing like the introvert research, like I'm 
bringing it to our critique room, like, hey, guys, here's what I'm learning. And then they discovered they were introverts, too. And now it's like a mini introvert support group. Like the first half is kind of like introvert support. And then we we talk about our, our whatever we made. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So like they're my like that's like kind of been the best thing about it is as I've learned I'm an introvert I bring it to my friends and sometimes they realize they are too and then we have this great like understanding between us or I bring it to my friends like oh I'm an extrovert but now I understand you better ah, yes you know I found for myself that in regular in regular times I was connecting with with people on the regular people would like reach out and be like I'm having a party this that you know let's go do a thing and that happened more often but during the pandemic it was like Oh, well, if I don't reach out to these people, they might not like I like I wanted to put more effort into like reaching out to, to to certain people to be like, I remember that you're there. I just want you to know I remember that you're there. I had to make I made a schedule. I had like reminders. That's set, wonderful. Um, it's a, to be it's like, intense. <laughs> yeah, it was it was intense, but it was like. If I, I knew that if I didn't do it, and it includes my mom, if I don't have a reminder to call my mom, I'm not going to do it until like two months go by and she I get a message from her going, are you still alive? It's me, <laughs> your mother. Do you remember me? And, you know, so it was like this, this, this whole schedule of like once a month to connect with each of these people. And without that, I think I would have been content to just stay at home and never connect with anybody. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have, I mean, I feel like I have enough, like, kind of once a month too, like standing appointments with people. So like, like my critique group is once a month we meet. So there's, I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily have like reminders or plans to, to meet with to remember to talk to people. I just kind of when I see someone I we make plans for the next time. And so it's already scheduled. And that's, that has actually been a really good way to maintain hmm. relationships for me anyway. Nice. Do you schedule often? <laughs> do you schedule appointments to contact people often? Because <laughs> I do. <laughs> I stole I Phil's idea. Everything. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I mean, for the most part, I'm like not. I don't use a calendar, like a like an app to like on my phone to schedule things. But like I've got my planner, and every day I make a schedule just so that like I've got my day sorted. And yeah, like that's where if I need to like call someone or do something, like it'll get scheduled in that day. Nice. There are days when I, you know, I, I do time blocking. I am more com comfortable using the digital calendar. So I do like block periods of time for things. And I find that if I don't do that thing, but things might not get done. But if it's in the calendar, it gets done. And so if I'm like trying to make sure that I do a bunch of things within a week, if I'm working on a project, I put all those things in and I'm like, I might as well put in contacting these friends as well. Because it just if it's in the calendar, it gets done. I had to start making charts in my bullet journal. <laughs> so I needed to start color coordinating things. So that way I could see in the month going like, okay, I've contacted this friend at least three times. I've contacted this person and it's at least looking good. And, and to me, I, at the end of it, it's my reward because now I've got a beautiful picture. <laughs> Given there are some blank spots there, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Great favorite thing about being a uh, an introverted creative if you can name one thing Megan what would that be I think it's the amount of freedom I've gotten from it like to really be able to like find a way to make a job that means I don't have to go to an office and live on someone else's schedule and and yeah like I just kind of get to do my own thing 
Do you have any advice for creative introverts out there that may be struggling with boxing in that creative time? I think start small and focus more on building a habit. Like if you're someone who you can't, like you're having a hard time getting the time in, then start with just like 15 minutes, maybe once a week. And when that feels good, because what I found with anything when I'm trying to build something in is if I can start small, when that time benefits me and I start to see the positive effects of my life, I find ways to find more time and I can stretch it out more. Yeah, I definitely see that. I, I found, you know, I learned quite a while ago, I started writing on the regular and I realized, oh, the more I write, the more I write. Like creativity is a muscle and the stronger, it, the more you use it, the stronger it gets. So the more you do creative things, the more you do creative things. And it's, it's sort of like, I don't know why I didn't know that before. Yeah, but it's the truth. No, I like I felt that there was so much pressure, though, to keep writing every single day. Like, I, you know, I felt I started to feel bad about myself when I couldn't do it. And I realized that it actually had a lot to do with looking at it in a week rather than in one day, what can I fit in, right? Because, you know, there's during my week, I've got my obligations, I've got my full time job, I've got my own writing that I'm working on, I've got this show. And and when I don't get to writing at least 10 minutes a day, I guilt myself. And I realize that that's not coming from the healthy place. That's coming from the external pressure that I'm feeling from other people. So definitely once a week is a really good way. <laughs> that's a that's a healthy yeah. amount of time. I think everybody has to find their own, their own schedule mm-hmm. and what works for them, especially starting out. But like Megan said, like, you know, I was just thinking, as you said, Jess, you know, 10 minutes a day seems like a lot, but I'm often like, I know how much time I waste in a day. I know how much time I may waste in a day. And so 10 minutes, I could always find 10 minutes in a day. Um, even if it's like at the end of like some you know, like 30 minutes after I work, you know, it's just like there's time for that. And so I feel like however much you can start with, as long as you build on it, you're on the road to to regular practice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's also, there's a great quote, and I, I forget who says it, but it was something like, it was a reason to just start and do something is that if the time to complete something is intimidating to you, and it's keeping you from starting, just remember, the time is going to pass anyway. Mm. So even if you just chip away, like even if you start today, anything you do between like today and six months from now is going to be more than if you did nothing. That's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. That's what I always come back to. It's like, even if you just do a little bit, you're going to be further than if you did nothing. I need to put that on my wall. Because that's really good. That's 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 really hitting. Yeah, I'll find the actual yeah. quote and, and send it to you guys. Cause it, yeah. I need that on my new whiteboard wall. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> I want one of those so badly now. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, yeah. It was Rust-Oleum makes the whiteboard paint. Dang. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Well, just before we go, I just also want to put it out there for you folks that are listening. We are going to be linking where to find Megan's work, uh, but you can find uh, more information on her books at MeganRogersBooks.com. And that blog, again, that wonderful, wonderful blog that we love is CreateYourOwnReality.co. And again, we will link uh, the Amazon shop where you can find uh, the Raven Files. Thanks, Megan. Thank you guys so much. It was such a pleasure. 